My woke folk, the national black agenda, black politics, part one. Let's talk about it. The absence of hardship does not equal happiness. The absence of hardship does not equal happiness. Again, the absence of hardship does not equal happiness. Welcome, my woke folk. I am Farrell, and this is my podcast, Stay Woke, the National Black Agenda, Black Politics. This is based or inspired on a contract with Black America from Ice Cube. He actually presented this um, proposal to Trump and to uh, Biden during the 2020 election. Um, we're two years into it. I thought it was an amazing blueprint to be able to outline how in geographic regions we have pockets of African-Americans. If we had a national agenda independent of politics, independent of the people that's driving it, we could then ask for what we need. What I feel we're missing is a collective message. We have Black Lives Matter, we have NAACP, we have Color of Change, but there's no cohesive message. What's happening in the South, not necessarily what happens in the East or the, or the, or the coastal areas. The Southern areas, which a lot of our slavery and history came from, is where a lot of African-Americans reside, but it's also where a lot of the politics um, are still archaic, where they still have a lot of discrimination. And those areas keeping us divided doesn't allow us to have a cohesive message across the nation. So I'm proposing a national black agenda. So um, three areas I want to discuss, right? Uh, Reconstruction, the period from 1865 to 1877. And in his contract with black America, he has neo-reconstruction. And under neo-reconstruction, he talks about reparations and voting. So we'll end with that, right? All good. So, um, I thought it was vitally important to assemble uh, a cast of individuals, future uh, representatives, um, to have a, a vital discussion. Because this is just my opinion, right? And I think collectively we can come up with at least ideas, and hopefully this will, hopefully out of this, we'll come up with um, you know a national black agenda or a plan, or someone will catch on to it and say, "Hey, I watched Stay Woke podcast, and I saw these people put mm -hmm. together a cohesive argument for why we need a continuous plan." Yeah. So let's jump right into it. And um, I feel completely honored to have an amazing group of assembled individuals <laughs> that is going to help me dialogue this out. So let's get into the discussion with each of those, right? So um, first we have Brooke Moore White, born and raised in Los Angeles, California, King Drew Magnet High School of Medicine and School's first African-American studies instructor and recently became the Medicine and Science Career Program Instructor. Let's give it up for Brooke Moore White. Thank you. You guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, next, we have born and raised in Los Angeles, and he attends the Los Angeles Film School. Let's give it up for our brother Christopher Hoskins. Chris, thank you, man, for joining us, sir. Uh, next, we have Indigo Burris Albans. Albans? Albans. Albans. Correct me. I told you to straighten me out, right? <laughs> Born and raised in Oakland, California. It's fourth year in political science, Spanish linguistics at major at UCLA. Let's give it up for Indigo. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
And certainly last but not least, we have Solia Tolden, born and raised in Oakland, California. She's also the executive producer of the podcast. Not only that, she's my executive administrator for Human Ties Home Healthcare Services and Coast to Coast Consulting. Ballin! Let's give it up for Leah Tolden. So Leah Tolden, thank you very much. Awesome, you guys. So um, in introducing us, I'd like to first start off, because many of you guys, well, you know each other, but everyone doesn't have it. So um, it's this game I used to play um, when I was in uh, elementary school. Um, and what it demonstrates is our interconnectedness, how we as a people, how we as a race, how we as a um, society are connected. So what I'm going to... What I'm going to ask of each of you is that I'm going to hold on to the first part of the um, string and I'm going to answer three questions and I'm going to throw it to someone in the room or on the panel. You have to catch it, keep a hold of the string and answer the three questions. And then you have to throw it to the next person and they have to catch it. You have to hold on to the string and you have to answer three questions until we finish everyone. We, we all good? Got you. Right? Good. I'll, I'll repeat the questions for you just in case you, you don't know, but uh, make sure you hold on to the string. Um, so she called it ball of string game, but I want to call it more like interconnectedness, interdependentness, right? How we are all weaved together uh, in our country, how we all weave together in mission, how we all weave together in purpose, how we are all interdependent on each other, right? Um, so I'll start it off. So three questions. One, why or is black politics important to you? Two, do you think we deserve reparations? Three, are you registered to vote? And why did you choose your political party? So I guess I'll start off. Um, hell yeah, I think black politics is important. Not only black politics, politics in general, but the reason why I say for us brought over to this country, um, I think to be integrated completely into the system. Um, our policies and procedures are made based upon our politics. And if we want to make a change, we have to be involved. So I think it's vitally important that way. I do think we deserve reparations, specifically when we um, were freed, the Emancipation Proclamation, just at least in my, in my opinion, uh, I'm going off just a special order number 15, special field order, which said that we were supposed to get that 40 acres and a mule. I, I want to start there. If, and that part was rolled back later on. We never, we never got that generationally. And I do believe real estate and that wealth is how you, true, you truly build generational wealth here in the country. So hell yeah, we deserve reparations. Um, are you registered to vote and why do you choose your political party? This is a really good question. I am registered to vote, but I'm registered as an independent. And I actually converted from a Democrat to an independent. Now, I was Democrat only because generationally my family was Democrat, the people that uh, I knew were Democrat, and I believe they had the social issues that I wanted to champion. I became independent because not all that was true. So. Who gets my vote is someone who gives policy that really helps the people. Someone who produces, you know, reform that changes the, the landscape of how people integrate and, and equalize the playing field out. So you have to work for my vote. So, yes, that are my three questions. And since Indigo was giving me the dead eye over there, I'm throwing it to her first. <laughs> right. Ooh, All right. Almost. Almost, almost. Sorry, I didn't give you a good throw. It was, it, it's my fault. <laughs> it's I, I take the blame for it, right? <laughs> Baseball's not my thing. But why are black politics important to you? Um, I feel like there's not really representation in our country's politics for the black like ideology generally. Mm -hmm. But also just our issues aren't really prioritized. Like often I feel that things are like 
you know, we're breadcrumbed things. And it's often like older, wrinkly white men who are like <laughs> deciding what we need or what we should have or what's sufficient. And to have people who have experienced what we've, we've experienced, which, which is like such a unique genera generational and also just collective trauma, like we need people who know what we're talking about Agreed. to represent us. So I think for that reason, black awesome. politics is really important. Do you think we deserve reparations? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we worked, we labored for free. I mean, not even just the labor, but like we were literally kidnapped from a country, uh, not even a country, but a continent for right. like hundreds of years and were killed and all of the trauma that we've experienced, like, and then on top of it to be enslaved for free. It just, there's no way that we don't have a right to the country that we built and the wealth that we've established for this country, especially as we talk about like housing wealth and generational wealth coming from like property. Sure. Um, we really don't have that established as a community and mm -hmm. it's like, it's necessary for us to have real infrastructure for ourselves. Talk your shit. I am mad. Okay. Are you registered to vote and why did you choose your political party? I am registered to vote. Yeah. I chose my political party because I want to be able to vote for... Um, what is your political party? You I'm a Democrat. Vote? You're a Democrat, okay. I'm a Democrat. Okay. But because you can't vote um, for the nominees unless you are affiliated with po the political party, okay. I felt that it was really important for me to be registered as a Democrat okay. so that I have more, influ more influence as on your much candidate. as I can on, 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 the, can candidate, on the candidate rather okay. than just choosing between who's been given to okay. me. At least I have like, okay. I feel some sort of agency and like making the impact of who's nominated. That's funny because me as an independent, I want to fight it out first, right? And then <laughs> whoever comes out, right? And, and then I'm going to choose the top candidate for mm -hmm. whoever, like, you know, switch it out. But thank you, your opinion. Okay, who do you want to throw it to? Uh, I'll toss it to make, some... make, sure, make sure you hold on. I know, I know. I'm trying to like, <laughs> myself. Oh, God. <laughs> Much better throw than I, all right. All right, I got you, I got you. I, I flinched way too hard. I didn't know what Okay. So, Solia, first question to you. Why are black politics important to you, or are they? Definitely. They definitely are important to me. I feel like black politics and politics alone is kind of a different thing just because the black community is not represented in the right way as it should. Like, politics... Like, the whole system isn't made for us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like black politics is a whole... What about the Constitution? Wouldn't... Well, um, that didn't really include us? No, I mean, it's just... In some parts, I feel like we are included, but, like, just not in the right ways. I okay. feel like mm -hmm. black, black politics is its own, like... It needs to be talked about more. It needs to be just as, like... It's kind of sad that it's its own category, because it should just be, like, we're included in all together. Agreed. Politics Agreed. should be politics, but, you know, it is what it is. So it's definitely important. Awesome. Do you think we deserve reparations? Yes, for You want sure. that bag, huh? Yes, and I think... <laughs> Run me my money. Definitely need a bag, and it's, it's long overdue. Uh, like, it's no. kind of ridiculous that, like, I feel like this should have been happened okay. a long time ago, and I think definitely we deserve reparations, for awesome. sure. Are you registered to vote, and why do you choose your political party? I am registered to vote. Um, I'm a Democrat, and the reason I chose my political party is because, in all honesty, politics is, like, something I'm not used to. I'm very new to it. I'm learning a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And growing up, my family kind of just, um, I have this idea in my head that Democrats are the good guys and mm -hmm. Republicans are the okay. bad guys. So that's a true honesty. Like growing up when okay. I registered to vote, like, you know, my parents, like, you know, be a Democrat, like good guys, you know, don't okay. be Republican, bad guys. Um, so yes, that is why I'm a okay. Democrat. Very good. Who do you yeah. want to throw the ball to? 
Um, let's make it interesting. Put it that way. Okay. And then you could throw it this way. Make sure you hold on to the string. Okay. Ready? Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Good oh, catch. Yes. Am I the only one that sucks at throwing? <laughs> I mean, my. <laughs> she, she, she underhanded. Uh, <laughs> Chris, how you doing, sir? Pretty good. Pretty Thank you very good. much for showing up. I appreciate you. Why are black politics or are black politics important to you? Politics are important if they're so if they're made to like do what they're supposed to do. Like I don't think like politics right now is just like a it's just like a big show and like everybody's just trying to get either mm. paid from it or mm. they're not really they just want to get elected. But if they're actually like doing what they say they're going to do, then I think that politics are very important. Agreed. If they're just going to just string, string us along. <laughs> no pun intended, right? <laughs> then, then, then no, it's not really important to Okay. Me. Uh, do you think we deserve reparations? Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, Talk to me. So they they gave the the Japanese re, re, reparations mm -hmm. for, for way less. It's like, like you know, we, we, we struggled uh, much. I'm not saying it's a... Ours is worse or, or anything, but uh, if they're if they're gonna do it one way, that they should be able to do it another way. Or at least us first, right? I mean, I mean, no. <laughs> am I being okay? I'm being selfish. Fine. Um, yeah. Are you registered to vote? And why did you choose your political party? So I am registered to vote. I yeah. registered as independent. I, yeah. I, I was a Democrat, yeah. but you know, I switched to independent. No, I'm not asking advocates. So like, that, sorry. You, you said ahead. you said earlier <laughs> you want to see them duke it out. I don't. Yeah. I just I just want to keep my options open. I don't want to. Okay. Be, I, That's I don't want to go which way. Just you know, keep my options open. I agreed. All right, Chris, I guess we got one and only last person, but not she least. Knows. We're going to throw the box. Make sure you hold on to the string, sir. Yeah, let's let's tighten it up. Let's tighten our, our connection oh, together, too. All right. Let's tighten our connection it's like up. It's like a fishing line. You yeah, got to give me Tighten your up. connection up with There we go, bro. Okay. Brooke. All right, get my string. All right, we're good now. We're good. We're good. <laughs> a tangle web we weave, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, why are black politics or politics important to you? Uh, whew, man, being a historian and loving history the way I do, you right. said Reconstruction, so immediately yeah. my brain was like, Harem Revels. Like, right. ah. This man was a slave, and he fought so hard to become a senator, like, mm -hmm. immediately after slavery ended. Um, just seeing the generations of black people that have fought, that have died, um, just for their right to be seen as a human, their mm -hmm. right to vote, their right for to just to, to exist, mm. um, I think that's why it's so important, um, just to, to, to stake your claim. And then, you know... We just saw what happened with Mary Martinez, right. uh, you know, a few, a few days ago right. with the L.A. City Council. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically saying, like, you know, I'm not with that person because they with the black people. So right. that tells you right there <laughs> right. that we are a force, that we need to continue being a force. And if we don't, we're going to lose out on mm. more and more and more as the city changes more and more and more. Right. I'm going to bring that's a really good point, And we're going to talk about that a little later on. Sure. We got, sure. I got you. Got sure. you. Do you think we deserve reparations? Absolutely. And why? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, you all, everyone in here said some like really amazing things. Okay. And I'm like, yes, yes. Absolutely. We built this country. Um, we've been systematically abused by this country since mm -hmm. we've been quote unquote freed. Mm -hmm. right. um, and looking at the white black wealth gap, that alone is alarming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have to do something. They have to do something about that. Like, I know we deserve reparations, so I okay. hope that we get them. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, are you registered to vote, and why did you choose your political party? I am registered to vote. I do not have a political party. Okay. Um, my response to this is a bit complex because I have a okay. different kind of interaction with Talk politics. I've actually been a political candidate. Uh -huh. um, 
I remember city council when I was 21 in college, 21, okay. 22. That was about 10 years ago. Um, and just kind of going through that process, it was very traumatic, very horrible. Um, and it just kind of turned me completely away from politics mm -hmm. for a few years. So when I came back into it, I was like, what am I doing? Am I going to just go with the historical? My grandma loves uh, Democrats because JFK did nice things for right. them. Yeah. Or am I going to kind of go my own different way? And I just said, well, I want to pick a candidate or candidates um, that are actually doing things, that are saying okay. things. Um, I'm not Republican. I don't want to vote that way all the time. But yeah. sometimes I, ha I have actually right. voted for a Republican candidate that wasn't a Trumpican, you know, wasn't right, acting right. like Trump, Trump <laughs> smile and yelling and cursing. But it was like, man, your policy actually yeah. makes some, some good policy, sense. Policy, right? Yeah, policy. policy. Talk to me. Um, but in general, I did, even though I declined the state, I still lean more towards Democratic voting. Just because okay. you kind of have to if you, you're black in L.A. Right, you know? just do it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. Awesome. Let's give us a round of applause. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so... I guess we can keep like, the tangle where we read. Okay. <laughs> you can drop, drop it. Okay. Hey, I really appreciate that, you guys. And I, I think this is kind of my icebreaker to get us going on the dialogue. So thank you for sharing a little about your personal you know, interest. I know it's always a touchy subject when, you, when you're speaking or talking about politics. People tend to shy away from that. But I think this is the type of discussion that needs to be had. It's, it's an absolute must. And I don't think we do that enough amongst us. Independent of what side you're on, let's dialogue about the space. Uh, and where we are, right? Um, I want to play this next part called Black Jeopardy. Uh, now, this game I want to do, and I'm going to divide up in teams. So I'm going to have Indigo, and I'm going to have Chris on one team, and I'm going to have Solia and Brooke on one team, uh, and, I'll, and I'll be the arbiter. Uh, so I'll ask each of you, um, I'll ask you one question. Uh, you have, you know, Whoever hits the buzzer first, you'll have 30 seconds to answer. And um, I will actually keep score here. I apologize. With, I'll keep score though. here with our great uh, <laughs> scorekeeper here, right? <laughs> um, but it's uh, really going to deal with reconstruction. It's that phase. I'm, I'm sure you guys are well aware. If not, I think right or wrong answering the questions is not really important. What's vitally important is that the information gets out, right? That we are able to learn something from there and to test your knowledge a little bit. Y'all ready? Yeah. Black Jeopardy, let's go. Oh, gosh, okay. All right. All right. Um, oh, turn your buzz around so we can see your... Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So there you can, go. There you go. You all right? All right. All right. <laughs> Teams, you will have 30 seconds to confer if you if you are the um, person that our team that presses the button right. We'll, we'll use the uh, producers to break any ties just in case. <laughs> I have a little squab only here who got the answer first. Uh, all right. You ready to jump in? You guys ready to go? All right. All right. I got you. What was the two purposes of reconstruction? As it pertains to... You get no clarifying statement. What are the two purposes of reconstruction? <laughs> They don't teach that one in school. I know. I, mean, I froze that. Damn. Like, I thought anyone? I knew something. Anyone? I'm like, shit. Anyone? I was ready. Five, yeah, I was like... four, three, two. Four. Okay. Talk to me. I'll say the two purposes for Reconstruction was mm. to build a better infrastructure for the country mm -hmm. as it was being built and, and, re, and rebuilt. And the second one was to... Break down the the wealth gap between the races. Mm, kind of. No, I have to, I have to say no. Okay, that's that's a no for that one. No, I, uh, no, that was just are we giving a one point? No, 
Okay. So it's a five point question. So our uh, okay. So we'll we give get, you we two and a one half. point. Two you got half? it. So the two the two purposes of reconstruction, <laughs> one is to reintegrate the southern states that had seceded, and the second one was to integrate the four million newly free blacks. Well, that's why I said as it pertains. I know that's why you got that's why you got one. That's why you kinda got one. All right, so we'll we'll give uh, are you guys the blue team or red? It doesn't matter. And I also, I like, we, I, is it possible when they get a wrong part of it wrong? Can I can I answer the other part or no? Because I was like, you know what, you're you're right. Because I was trying. I was. You should get a chance to steal. That's why I'm saying. Hey, okay, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I get the buzzer like, and everything. All right, so like, you know what we're gonna did. do? We're gonna go to the next question. question. Next question. <laughs> right, right. Now that we re reinvented the rules. That was just a test. That was just a test. Fight for yourself, y'all. Mad. Right. You like trying to steal my game up here? There are prizes at the end. Oh, I didn't tell you guys that. Yeah, we have. No. Like financial ones? Financial ones. Financial ones. I can't say that bag right now. You're like, you that door. I'll go to answer. I'll go to You know what I mean? Okay. So um, what ended Reconstruction? Okay. Um, the election of Rutherford B. Hayes, mm -hmm. um, basically he had to agree that he was going to stop all of the shenanigans that he was doing with the with the freed black people um, in order for the Southern Democrats to vote for him. Correct. Nice. That's one thing. Let's give it up for the red team. Very nice. Very nice, guys. Oh, blue team is like, uh, no. I know. We didn't, we didn't get a pause. <laughs> I had to give it up. It was a great answer. It was a great all right. answer. Um, next question. What three amendments were passed during Reconstruction to help Africa? Okay. 13, 14, 15. Bingo. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one. Oh, I'm sorry, Blue. You. Did we give you a... I'm sorry. I knew that one. Sorry. Sorry. I had to take one of y'all points. Take one of our points? Yeah, because we didn't, we didn't give y'all... No, no, no. Give it to him. No, oh, no, because no, you're no. two ahead now. I don't, no, no. Even before oh, that. I got oh, yeah. Okay. I know. Didn't, just okay. trying to try to tell us. Right I was trying to. I'm supporting you. Oh, get that so, point. Oh, Thank you. Oh, I see. The only one I'm gonna get. So get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. What was the Freedmen's Bureau? Okay. All right. That was the bureau that essentially um, integrated black people into American society. It helped to get HBCUs. Mm -hmm. um, it helped to basically <laughs> um, with education, the, uh, the, the Rosenwald schools and so many other, other things that integrated black people into American society. Get it. Awesome. Get it. it also helped to provide food, shelter, clothing, medical services. Those really where we started to integrate. Correct. Let's give it up for the red team. Yeah. yeah. There's no camaraderie in here, right? Like, I literally just taught this lesson. Come on, let's okay. do this. <laughs> the lecture notes are still I don't know if this is fair, right? All right, let's go. Looks like I'm on the right team. You're going to be a history teacher. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm not a historian. Come on, Blue. I'm, I'm, I'm on the only side. I'm sorry. I believe in you, Blue team. Stop playing. I believe in you. You got this, all right? I love to play. All right, next question. How did ending Reconstruction affect African Americans? Well, that's the beginning of Jim Crow. Okay. Um, so immediately after you lo you lose Reconstruction, you have the the Vagrancy Acts passed. You have mm -hmm. all these different rules that basically say if you don't have a job, you're a criminal and you have to go back into jail, which means you're going to be re-enslaved to do labor and things like right. that. I promise right. I didn't pick right. the history after on purpose. <laughs> I promise, guys. I, it was not that. It was. Not, I sent everybody that. That is correct. Um, <laughs> following Reconstruction, the Southern state government systematically stripped African Americans of their basic political and civil rights. Literacy tests, many freedmen lacking formal education could not pass these reading and writing tests, and as a result, they were barred from voting. Mm. Good job. 
Next question. What are some results of Indian Reconstruction that affected African Americans for over the next hundred years? I couldn't vote. That's number one. They didn't okay. have equal rights um, or civil rights. Um, they were had, they were related to separate but equal facilities. That's all I got. Those are the only two I know of. They could vote, so that's not correct. Um, but the separate facilities are. They could because the 15th Amendment but was passed in 1870. But if they did vote, they wouldn't they shoot them? They, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say. Technically, they had the right to vote, but theoretically and practically, they didn't. And they couldn't because okay. they had. Yeah, you're right. So they um, right. <laughs> talk to me, producer. De facto non-voting. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't hear you make much of a thing. Oh, y'all just gonna start answering questions out. Okay. De facto. I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'll give y'all one one point each. I, y'all rock that because you kind of got it. that right, but kind. Okay. Everybody else producer, is like, oh, I'm I'm back. help. Just, you know, right? I'm Pro- just producer. Uh, one each. One each. There we go. Very nice. Good job, guys. Shout out to Good the job. producer. Shout out to the producer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, next question. What president promoted the 1877 compromise? I'm not a history buff at all. It's the end of Reconstruction. I'm throwing some hints in there. It's the very end. She might have mentioned it earlier on. Is it Rutherford? Yes, Rutherford oh, B. Hayes. I mean... <laughs> I think I gave a hint to that, right? She it was did, a half yeah, a point, yeah. a point yeah, each, right? It's a, I mean, a point each? What? <laughs> He's throwing it I out mean, now. I helped him out. I mean, I'm not supposed to help you out. I said you might have missed But they didn't her. get it no. either. I feel they like... They still weren't so spending. I was going to say, I feel fight. like we don't need the fight. point. Fight. We, we fight. didn't oh, no, uh, You don't go, oh, oh yeah. okay. Let's be fair. We didn't say absolutely nothing. Okay. Sorry. She's like, I got this, right? Next question. Good job, guys. What did President Andrew Johnson, he was the president from 1865 to 1869 during Reconstruction that allowed the South to promote slavery even after it was abolished? I think I asked the question and I didn't answer. I didn't hear yeah. I didn't. I was like, yeah. where's the question? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just very yeah. informative. Yeah. Party file, right? So, yeah. um, what, <laughs> what, did, what did Andrew Johnson do? During Reconstruction, that allowed the South to promote slavery even after it was abolished. What did he do? Okay. Institute sharecropping. Mm-hmm. Okay. He created the. Uh, he yeah. He allowed the Southern states to go back to doing sharecropping, allowed them to put the other uh, slaves back into. So yes, great job, uh, red team, our blue team. Sorry. He did say you didn't need. You said you didn't, you didn't need no help. You well, didn't know extra uh, points up in here. You I've made one that. answer. I don't know. We'll see about that. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job, both teams. All right, next. Uh, what are the definitions of the Thirteenth, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendment? Okay. And you have to get all three right. Oh, or the other yeah, teams. I was going to say, do I get one? Listen closely. Hold up. Blue team. Wait, if You'll I get it. two out of the three, do I get one uh, point and they get, or how does this work? Producer? You got to let her ask. The whole question. I think all right, the whole so Okay, the 13th is <clears throat> what basically ends slavery unless mm-hmm. you are committed, you committed a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, the 14th is what gives citizenship to um, anyone who was born in this country. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. And the 15th gives the right to vote to black men. Yes. I thought that would be a problem for you since you didn't really get the personal right to vote and we did. But I'm glad you had our back, though. Thank you. I mean, but you got killed. Damn. Two oh votes. Damn. Right? 
So you got that. We, we got that for right And now. it's cool because white women got it before you for real, for real, in yeah, 1920. Real. Uh, so. uh, 1920. Yeah. Let's talk. All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. So let's, that's good. Let's give it up for the, the red team. Congratulations. Good job, guys. <laughs> and we got a little lesson here. Thank you. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Teamwork makes the dream okay. work. <laughs> All right. Um, that, is actually, that, is, that is actually the end of my end of the game, guys. Thank you very much. Good job. Press the buzzer right. anyway. So let's give it all up to the red team. You guys are one. We all pressed one. I know. I think we have gift cards for you guys at the end of the show. We'll give you guys, I think, to help with Some the gas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the discussion. Let's get into the meat of it. So okay. I think we had the intro, intro. We had some fun games. We talked. Now we about to talk our stuff, right? So Reconstruction. I want to start there. Lasted from 1865 to 1877, um, and then I want to discuss in the contract with Black America. Ice Cube spoke about neo Reconstruction, where he discussed reparations and voting. Um, so during the time of Reconstruction, so 1865, when Lincoln was assassinated, I think, four months after he was um, inaugurated in April. Um, During the Gettysburg Address, which was his speech, he really started talking about um, or hinting toward the southern states giving freed African-Americans the right to vote, which I believe is, you know, because four days after he was assassinated, which which I believe is why he was assassinated. But Andrew Johnson... Took, he was the vice president. He was also, um, and historian, please help you know correct me if I'm wrong, he was a, also a Southerner. Um, and I think strategically, Lincoln put him on the ticket to make sure the seceding Southern states would go along with Reconstruction, would go along. After the Civil War, they lost the Civil War. Now it started the period where we were in reintegrating the seceding Southern states. We had four million freed African Americans, and now, now what do we do? Uh, so it was this period where we began to build this infrastructure um, to support these free slaves and also this infrastructure to reintegrate the southern states back into the Union. Um, so during this time um, is when, and, and this is really critical when we talk about African-Americans voting, right, and our rights in during that time. Uh, we do know they were Republicans, right? We do know that when we received the right to vote, when they passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, it was because they were Republicans. I just want to say that to all the Democrats. And not, not that that means anything. Not but the I same to... Republicans today, no. though. Okay, but uh, uh, <laughs> not the same Republicans today. <laughs> and, and that's a really good point because I figured during this period of Reconstruction, let's talk about it, right? Uh, we had, first it was, you know, it was Lincoln. When he was assassinated, I think we had, um, after it was Andrew Johnston, and then Ulysses S. Grant, and then Rutherford B. Hayes. That was... Was the f- that were the four presidents we had during the entire 12 years of Reconstruction. Now, Lincoln was, you know, was a Republican that, you know, let's, let's talk about him. I, I don't know if he necessarily was all on board for advocating the, um, you know, the freedom of slaves, but he was running on that ticket. And I think there were abolitionists and there were other uh, Republican, radical Republicans that were advocating in the North for that. And he was a great candidate to put on that ticket to advocate that. Um, so but I don't think everyone and I know everyone hadn't bought in during that time. But we started to, you know, get into politics. We began to vote. We began to get our own, you know. Uh, you know, educational systems are, are starting to build us integrating back into society. But when Andrew Johnson became president, he, when Lincoln was assassinated, that was kind of, for me, the start of rolling back all of the 
efforts we had made. Um, what are your thoughts about that? You guys are familiar with Andrew, Andrew Johnson and, and the start of that period, but if not, um, I, I feel really during this time is where when Reconstruction ended in 1877 until like 1965 where we got the Voting Rights Act and Civil Rights Act um, for like 100 years, this is where I feel it rolled back all or any gains we had made during that 12 years of Reconstruction that didn't really finish, um, right? So <clears throat> I think today that 100 years of being disjointed, disconnected, uh, disenfranchised, marginalized, specifically in the South, uh, to your point, you were talking about vagrancy, code laws. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what do you understand happened when we started to do reconstruction? Do you guys remember about the black codes? What do you know about black codes? Anyone? What were they? Jump in. Truly not enough. I don't know okay. enough. Okay. Anybody yeah. say it? Yeah. That's not my strength either. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so codes, black codes, where it, 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 but you mentioned it though. <clears throat> During that time, like the vacancy or it, like yeah, okay. kind of. So Andrew Johnson was an advocate of the South, right? So he was always. Um, thinking for himself when Lincoln died, you know, he had a different idea of reconstruction. He wanted the union to connect, but he was allowing them to do what they do. So what, since the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment had been passed, right, abolished slavery, citizenship, black men right to vote, they then took those laws and then made subcategories of laws that made it difficult. Even though those amendments to the Constitution were passed, oh, this continued to disenfranchise. So black codes were one of them. A code was then made in the South that says, okay, if a black wants to vote, he needs to be literate. He needs to have land. He needs to have a job. His grandfather had to vote. And his grandfather had to vote. There were all these, <laughs> these clauses or policies put in that then um, said, okay, and the Southern states were doing it. So this is why we had to make amendments, right, to the Constitution. Because you wouldn't have to amend a law, right? It says that every, should have, every man should be free and have the right. But we weren't categorized as people. We were three-fifths of a person, right? Three-fifths law was also a compromise in the Constitution to allow the Southern states to have representation in Congress, right? So they had, you know, because you know to have representation in your state, you have to have it based upon population, mm -hmm. right? So you've got four million free blacks that are not counted. Southern states weren't getting represented. So they said, hmm, we'll not give them whole full humanism or be a whole human. We'll call them three-fifths. So what three-fifths of whatever population of slaves that the southern states own then equated to representation in their Congress, right? So that's how we got that three-fifth compromise that was brought in there. Black codes, vagrancy laws where you couldn't be in the street walking around when they came up to you and asked you. You had to have, one, I have a job. I, I, you know, I know I have a home. I know where to stay. If not, they would then actually send you to jail. And have you heard of convict leasing? Anybody knows about convict leasing? Yeah. Anybody talk to me about convict leasing. What do you know about convict leasing? Um, basically, you know, they uh, you get arrested, um, and then they go to a plantation, and that plantation owner is like, "Yo, I need you know this number of can I say the N word? Yeah, go ahead. This number of niggas. <laughs> 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 I need these niggas right here on this right. field right here. Um, and basically, you just kind of get this agreement working with the sheriff and the community right, right. Um, to the point where they just kidnap people. Um, right, <laughs> right. So in, in essence, that really kind of reinstituted slavery, right? Exactly. So you break the law. 
you'll go to jail, they will lease you back out to the plantation that you initially were freed from, right? right? And then you would do your term there or whatever that looked like, which could be for 20, 30 years for a small, insignificant crime. To me, this was the start during that time period of having systemic racism built into our, 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 our system, our governmental system, our political system, because those slave owners, they turned into the sheriffs, they turned into the judges, they turned into the people then who were enacting the laws, who were you know, purporting the laws. So this is this is where when people don't talk about systemic racism, I think not they don't understand that during that time, during Reconstruction from 1865 to 1877, even though we had the Emancipation Proclamation signed in 1865, that we had the southern states that started to enact things like black codes, vagrancy laws, uh, convict leasing, which in essence re-enslaved the free black people in the southern states. Although the Constitution had amendments to it advocating for our rights, right? Even the 15th Amendment in 1870 that gave black men the right to vote still didn't give women a right to vote. Women wouldn't get the right to vote for another 50 years. The 19th Amendment was gave you guys the right to vote in like 1920. White right? women. White, I'm sorry, white women doing the suffrage movement, right? I'm not white. Slowly integrating a after that period, then black women getting the right to vote, but women, white women at that time during the suffrage movement, yeah, but still, that thought process is that men ran shit then, like in, in every aspect of the, wor uh, of, of the word, even with white women. Um, so they had specific roles during that time period, which I think just spoke to a lot of the European um, ideology being brought over and a lot of the British colonists kind of adopting some of those things but not accepting others. Um, so that black codes, vagrancy laws, convict leasing, for those, you know, that time period, um, I think really, in a sense, even though the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, in a sense, re-enslave black mentality, re-enslave our political... Um, our political uh, landscape. And, and I think as we grow older, we become more disenfranchised with our interaction with the system. So I want to ask a question to our, our team in, in regards to this. Um, to, today, today, how do you feel, how do you personally feel um, your importance is valued in terms of your representation in society? Just general blanket, and then I'm going to get more specific. Let's start with you, Indigo. How, is, your, is your importance valued politically, economically, socially? And if not, why? Like as a black woman? As a black woman. Oh, not at all. Okay. I mean, like, no one... Or you want to think about it first before you do jump right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thought about it much too much. Okay. Um, like, like you said, we're not white women. Like, well, first, we live in a patriarchal society. Okay. So, like, I'm a woman. No one cares what I have to say. Like, if we look That's at... That's not a, true. Well, black... I mean... Uh, well, Chris, we care, right? You just I mean, you off. personally might talk about Damn. it. I mean, you personally might care or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But, like, as a society, literally no one cares what I have to say. And that has been, like, echoed time and time again, like, across my life. I'm not hella old. I'm only 21. But it is a message I've gotten very clearly. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's like a value of my importance. Mm. I have a lot of knowledge. I have a very unique experience of like the intersectionality of being a woman and, it, the interse and as well as a black person mm. um, and experiencing that dual oppression and suppression of like my voice, movement throughout society, like my independence, 
there's not a lot of infrastructure for us to like survive and thrive. And I don't see a lot of space made for that. Mm -hmm. Like personally, I work very hard to like make myself an exception, which I'm not an exception, but in society's eyes, I'm an exception. I work very hard to like reach goals and make it so that people can't look at me and be like, oh, I can dismiss you because X, Y, Z, because I have all these other things that society claims that I need as accolades in order to okay. deserve someone's respect. And in that way, like seeing any random white man who could do literally anything, like the people who I go to school with, it's un <laughs> it's unbelievable to see the very, very privileged white men at UCLA who do what they want and do as they can and as they please and then have like life set up for them afterwards and society puts them on a pedestal. They have a space wherever they need to be like um, you, can, you can go anywhere in the world and talk to a white man and just have like the most bizarre conversation of like you really don't see the privilege you have. You don't see that the world has been built as the foundation like you are the foundation of the world. And that's really what the point is. Whereas like, I'm the complete opposite of a white man. And that means that like, there's nothing out there for me. The world Preach. is not set up for me. I like, if we even look at abortion rights, like mm. white women will be fine. Rich white women will be fine. Black women, poor black women, women of color in general, like mm. we are not considered in this at mm. all. And we don't have the resources for it. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, I don't think that the importance of like no one values my importance mm -hmm. as a general, you know, state of the country. Thank you very much. And I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you for Brooke, you know, you next. Stop playing. Talk to me. <laughs> do we value? Do we do we value? <laughs> do you feel society? What is your value in society politically, socially, economically? Is it being looked at? Is it being championed? No. Okay. <laughs> that, I like that's a full sentence. Okay. No. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Period. Right. <laughs> Exclamation. Exclamation point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't think so. Not at all. I, I think that I feel like being a black person in LA. I feel like we are like hanging on by a thread. And every okay. time I look to my left and look to my right, I see less and less black people around me, mm -hmm. which lets me know that our black political fo footprint is also getting smaller and smaller. Okay. And then I think too the fact that we have so many. How do I say this nicely? Older black politicians that are holding on for dear life. Well, what are you going to say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we're going with like, this, right? Old, <laughs> old, regally black. <laughs> I know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, people who should just let yeah. go, basically. Um, I think no, agreed. Like, we're going to talk about that. That's a really good point. Go ahead. Um, I think so. I feel like no, because I feel like they are kind of making a, a joke and a mockery of us in society in a way. Mm -hmm. And so like we're losing even more respect and even more power. And then if you think about gerrymandering mm -hmm. and in certain, you talked about uh, earlier, you said something about um, just like uh, Southern states mm -hmm. and voting in Southern states. And it's like, if you look at those voting in Southern states, like they're set up to where if you are a moderate uh, white Democrat, you'll never win. Right. And they only have certain pockets where black people can, black people can win. Right. So it's just very interesting how it's already carved and set up. Like, how are we going to work our way out of the system when mm -hmm. it's set up for us to be so bind, bound and locked in mm -hmm. um, and have nothing, essentially, while we just watch everybody else grow and, right. and, and right. get wonderful right. things while we're just like left on side, like, oh, damn, that's so nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, want, I wanted that stuff, too. But, you know, we can't get to <laughs> Hence why we need a cohesive, collective, national black agenda. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted that was you. It. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Leah. Same question, but I want to add a twist to yours. Uh, is is it a generational thing? Is what is it is it a generational thing that women are, you know, or you as an individual as a black woman are not respected or not championed socially, politically, and um, economically? You mean like is it a generational thing, as in like 
is it like a pattern that keeps happening? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or either, you know, is it unique to Gen Z? Is it unique to Gen X? Or has it always been happening through, you know? I think it's an always thing. I don't think okay. it has to do with like specific generations. Um, you guys had very good answers. That was a lot to put, put um, To digest? Yeah, right? but <laughs> I want to pick it back on a couple of these you guys said. And ago you said, um, like, it's one thing to be a black black person and it's another thing mm-hmm. to be a black woman. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's really too, like, like you said, it's a complete opposite of a white man. So mm-hmm. I feel like that is just definitely, like, just not represented in a way that should be, if that makes sense. And it then does. also, your point to say, like, how every day you look around, it's less and less black people. Mm-hmm. And that has to do a lot to, um, a lot to do with gentrification, too. And I remember when I first learned about gentrification, I noticed it first back home in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't know, like... I, I, at first, in that moment, I was like, oh, like this is just happening in Oakland. Then I moved to L.A., and I was like, whoa, it's happening in L.A. And then right. I talked to other people, and I'm like, it's happening everywhere. Like, this, is a, this is a thing. And it threw me off because like, I'll visit home in Oakland. I'm like, whoa, like this is like crazy. Like This is not, right? Like it's This is not, like this is crazy. And immediately, I've been in L.A. for like two years, and like I'm even noticing it out here. Like I'm from here, and I'm just seeing like certain areas and like people, how everyone has to move out like in the outer cities, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it's kind of like that out here, it seems like. I'm not familiar with, like, L.A. that much, but I can still kind of see a pattern of, like, mm. just everyone kind of having to move out. And okay. it's just, like, Gentrification. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Chris, talk to me. Do you feel as a black man, right, are you appreciated, championed politically, economically, socially? Well, not at all, but... I think we do have value. I think we're looked at as like a more of a commodity. Like mm-hmm. like we 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 do have like some type of buying power. We do have a lot of influence as far as you know like let's say a, a rapper what 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 he says on TV it it does uh it does show when when you when you look to the younger people who who are you know listening to these to these things they 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 definitely their their opinion and the words that come out their out their mouths Definitely plays a big role. So I, so I do say that we do have value now. When it when it comes to politically, they just want they just want the vote. So they're gonna mm-hmm. say whatever they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna say uh-huh. to get to get our votes. So I mean, but, but, but when it comes to personally, I don't think that they they value us personally at all. I mean, mm-hmm. We're just looked at as a like like a, like I said as, as as a commodity to be consumed. Yeah. So thank you, Chris. Go ahead. You were saying. So I, I wanted to ask you. I do. Is any of that our fault? Why are we having a lot of absentee fathers? Why are there lots of single mothers? Like, why do we kill each other? So what is our responsibility to that piece? Say it is systemic racism, but there's also problems in our own family structure and our, our own development. How, what do we do about that? How, how do we tackle that? Hey, my woke folk. We're done with the first part of the National Black Agenda. Part one, black politics. Wasn't it great to hear all the youth discuss reconstruction, neo-reconstruction, reparations and voting? Let's go. If you like this national black agenda, black politics part one, you ain't seen shit yet. Subscribe to my podcast, Stay Woke Podcast. Pharaoh Musa, that's me, holla.